1: Hi,
2: I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas. And we're going on a series of double dates to find out what makes a marriage last.
0: (music) To visit with actor John Leguizamo and his wife Justine. All we had to do was get in a
2: cab and head downtown to Greenwich Village. It seemed easy enough, we had the address. But as we cruise down their block amidst all these beautiful brownstones, we could not, for the life of us, find number 51. What it said on the building was 1854. Oh,
3: 1854 what? is a little plaque outside. 54. But that's, it says that
2: outside, so you think- it's it, 10 it years before Lincoln was assassinated. <laughs> oh, is that Yes, that? sir, yes, sir. I love that Phil knows this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't oh. play Trivial Pursuit with him, you'll kill yourself. I you, bet. <laughs> oh. Oh, People leave the room, they won't play.
0: Forget Trivial Pursuit, this house was just teeming with history.
4: We've lived here about 10 years in uh-huh. this house.
2: And is there is it another family above you, or do you have the whole We house? have the
4: whole thing. Uh, our kids live upstairs when they're home. They're uh-huh. both in college. Oh, wow. But they're home for the summer. Uh-huh. So it's just have, us.
2: You have a little garden in the back.
4: We have a garden in the back mm-hmm. that John takes care of.
3: And did you remodel a lot? More? Uh,
4: we did a gut renovation pretty no much. Kidding. Yeah.
3: We restored it back to what it was originally. Oh, as close like this floor is from eight, uh, 1900s and, oh, really? and Charlie, the floor you yeah, mean. yeah, like this part of the floor is the original floor from that. You could tell uh-huh. by how beat up it is. I mean, it was underneath. LaVette. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: We settled in by a window overlooking the tree-lined street outside. So, how did you guys meet? Were you? Uh,
4: we met on a movie, actually. John was um, in Carlito's way, and I was a costume PA, and we met at a fitting.
3: No, but I mean, the first time I saw her, it was, it was electric. I mean, it was incredible, and she's like the finest woman I've ever seen. And uh, Then we uh, started dating, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know. And she said yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. eventually said yes, yeah. It
4: <laughs> took
2: a few
3: years. Was it electric for you?
4: Absolutely, I knew Really, I knew immediately that uh, we should be together. But there was... From that first fitting? I really did, yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
3: she was so... First of all, incredibly sexy and beautiful, but also at the same time, she was like... Something yeah. really
4: connected. <laughs> but um, I knew who he was from... Because he had already done Mambo Mouth and on, uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I, I was working for the costume designers, and I asked them if I could go to the fitting and help <laughs> Oh, how oh, great! Was uh, so,
3: Yeah, <laughs> and it was—it was Kismet. I mean, she made it happen in a sort of a way, and then it just, uh, yeah. So, and you had been married already. I was engaged. So I was engaged at the time that
2: I was. That yeah, I'd we met. knew
4: each other a long time before we started dating. <laughs>
2: I'm not—I'm not the police. <laughs> well, uh, was uh, a subpoena. And were you ever married before? <laughs> no, Mm-mm. no, uh-huh. no. I wasn't either. Oh, you were married before, too? Yeah, oh, yeah. Married, he had five children. Whoa! <laughs> yeah.
0: In six years.
2: Wow. He wow. It, nice. you know,
0: birth control was verboten.
2: Yeah. But it was interesting, because I didn't get married till mm-hmm. I was 40. And he said, uh, how did you know, you know, not to get married? Mm-hmm. How did you not do it? I said, because I'm a female. Mm-hmm. You know, guys think, you know, Somebody else is going to take care of all this. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew it. I don't want. I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to be an actress. Yeah. I, I want. To, I want to study. I want to travel. I went to London and did a play, and you know, I was going. That's
3: incredible, but that's still forward yeah. thinking for somebody even back then. I mean, oh, Yeah. That, that that Sixties.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway, so you met and you got married
4: much later. We had children first. So um, our, kid, our daughter was born in 1999.
2: Now why? Did you, you just thought you didn't want to be married? or?
4: I think we had different reasons, actually. For me, I didn't feel like I wanted to be married. Uh-huh. Um, it just didn't mean anything to me. I always knew my whole life I wanted to have children, but I just never really saw marriage as part of my life. I didn't see the point. It just wasn't a and thing. I thought that
3: was really sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like, oh, yeah, I like that. You were raised a Catholic. Catholic and Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, really? And then all my family converted to evangelism. Oh, wow. How did I your will. parents
2: feel about you not marrying a Latin? Was that a problem? For
3: them? No, we Latin people, we don't have those issues. No? We love everybody. We want everybody to oh, love really? everybody. Yeah, we, we, How, we how about have. your folks?
4: Uh, so I was raised sort of Jewish, but barely. I mean, really. I, my parents were atheists, so they never said a word about it. I, I think they were so relieved that I had found someone. I don't know that they ever thought... I really would, I was extremely independent. And so when they saw how much I love John and how, what a wonderful man he is, uh, they never said a word about it. Yeah, they were they beautiful, were man.
3: They really accepted me like right away and I loved them too, you know, it was easy. What made you get married? Huh.
2: Were the kids older and you felt it was I think, yeah
3: I think we were going to, they were going to go to school and we'd have we'd have separate different names and right. all that stuff gets complicated but
2: for me,
4: I felt after nine eleven happened and there was all that talk of like you can't travel with someone's not you don't have the right, same right, name right, right, right. and there was oh, like oh. this weird moment i mean
2: yeah yeah
3: I mean September eleventh made you really think rethink life and and the values of in your values uh-huh. and so we got married, we got a country house, we just changed life a little bit just to just focus more on, on on the moments, the important moments.
2: You mean the family?
3: Yeah, family values, friends. You know the things that really matter, that that really count at the end. Uh-huh.
2: I'm Lebanese, which is actually Arab. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people were talking terribly about right, right. It's horrible. Arab yeah. people. So you know, and I found myself having to say. Well, you know, I'm kind of Arab. I'm Japanese. You know, I couldn't let it go. No, you have you to. Know? You have to speak yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. So coming from di- di- different cultures, because you really did come from the Hispanic culture, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we came from very different socioeconomic backgrounds, but I think opposites attract for a reason. I mean, I mean, just, it's just that's such a natural thing. So, that- what was
2: your background? It was you was a uh,
4: Upper West Side private school, in New York. Uh, you know, my grandparents came from Russia, and then my parents were both born in Brooklyn, and my dad worked hard and... Got to the Upper and West Side. Exactly. Oh, yeah. so, and
2: my nice Jewish and I, girl from the Upper West side. side. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's where all I, you girls
4: I, <laughs> I went to Fieldston. Everyone I knew was just like me, and it was a pretty small world. And yeah. Yeah, right. yeah.
3: And then I grew up, you know, <laughs> kind of ghetto in, in Queens and, you know, getting in trouble and... Fresh air, fun kid, and mm-hmm. then I started to find creativity as a, as a sort of means that, that saved me. Mm-hmm. It gave me a future and gave me a whole way of using everything that I'd grown up with as ammunition. And as, and, and I used art as a weapon to.
0: You must have been getting laughs too. I mean, talking about it. Didn't as a you? kid,
2: did you get
3: laughs? Oh, yeah, you know, I was a funny guy, yeah, at the same time. But I was also getting into a lot of trouble. Because I couldn't, I wouldn't shut up. (laughs) Mumble mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I came up at a time where I felt like we were incredibly invisible, even though in my personal life, Latin people were everywhere, Everywhere. but they weren't in the media. And and it's still kind of like that. We're still at less than 3% of the faces in front of the camera, and yet LA is 50% Latin. How is that possible? It's almost like present day apartheid. And in New York City, we were the same number as white people, and yet there was such a dearth. It was just a desert of, of our stories being told, and I just couldn't understand that, and I didn't want it to perpetuate it, so I started writing my stories so I could see my people, even though I was playing them all. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. When you say that you were living
3: among them, in other words, you, did you live in Hispanic neighborhoods? Yeah, I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood. You know, my school was uh, black and Hispanic, Latin. Where was that the, in
2: downtown New York? Yeah, I
3: went down, to, I went to high school at Bertram High. Ew. Yeah, no, it was a lot of pride, and that's that's. I guess that's what gave me the confidence that our stories aren't any lesser.
0: Well, I've seen you in concert with both of them every time. Actually,
3: uh, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you for supporting. Yeah, yeah. I know, they, I know and, you came down to the public. Remember? Yeah,
2: yeah we and, loved the Moron Show and then Mambo Mouth.
3: Thank through. you. That was nineteen ninety. Yeah.
0: With John's cultural identity so central to his life. I wanted to know if Justine felt connected to a Jewish community.
4: Not at mm-hmm. all, uh, except, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with are. So I hear about it through them, but I haven't been to a temple since I was
2: 10, 12 years old. Did you give anything to your kids like that? Or did you
3: celebrate Christmas? Or
4: Oh, yeah, we do. We celebrate Christmas and Seder. Easter. And-, right.
3: and then my family just- comes and they celebrate Passover yeah. as well. Yeah. My mom comes to all that stuff.
4: We love getting together. We
3: love oh, traditions, okay. but I mean, I'm not religious. I mean, I believe in, 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 in a higher power and
1: I we, did this, a, it's, I it's, we did
3: this, we a Palm Sunday, we would go Palm oh, Sunday Palm and, Suns, right. and it's beautiful because people improvise, they speak and then there's a lot of singing, there's gospel, there's Latin music.
4: I, it's so beautiful. I love it the is, colors yeah. and the,
3: you know, yeah. the
4: robes. and Yeah,
3: it's a big yeah gig, I love
4: yeah. it. But uh, I don't believe in God. I don't have, that sort of a faith. Yeah. But I certainly... I believe
2: didn't. in God. I, yeah. I think there's somebody there. Mm-hmm. He always says to me, Oh, you think they're in the sky? I said, Well, I didn't think they are in the sky.
0: <laughs> Marlo <laughs> blesses herself in turbulence when we're on an airplane. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's
4: smart. Well, it what calms we you down. Uh, yeah. the hell,
3: I got to have, so- gotta have <laughs> something yeah. to hang on. Either Xanax sure. or a blessing. <laughs> we'll
0: have more after a quick break.
1: Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan, Chase Bank, NA member, FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business.
4: The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business.
1: Take your business further at tmobilecom slash now.
0: We're back to our interview with John and Justine Lagozamo. While they seem entirely on the same page... They grew up in very different circumstances. So challenges do arise, especially when you're raising kids and sharing a home.
4: To me, I always thought, like, of course they'll go to private school. I wouldn't have thought, it wouldn't even occur to me to do anything else. I think, but we were just actually today having this conversation where John really wanted them to go to public school. And because
3: that's all I knew. I grew up going to public schools. And so why I did you me- think that's better? Just because... See the real world. Yeah, it was a real world and everybody's of color and it just, it was so much fun and I don't know, I mean, sometimes it was tough, but some, a lot of times it was incredibly fun and exciting and, and, I learned so much in school from people than not from the teachers.
2: That were different, you mean? Just different. our
3: culture is so much fun. Uh-huh. Black and Latin culture is so much fun that uh-huh. we we're always inundated with it,
2: you know? Right. I loved it. So was that an accommodation that you decided to make? I
4: I don't know that you voiced those feelings at that time. You know, I did. I did. oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't listen. <laughs> I didn't hear it.
2: But your kids went to public school. No,
4: they went to private schools
2: only. Only,
3: only, always. <laughs> oh, so you may become yes.
2: One. Ah, yeah,
3: interesting. Well, I I tried to weigh all all the factors and go. You know, they're going to have a, a celebrity name, and uh, maybe that might not be so easy going into a public school system to have. Coming from where we come now, our kids, this sort of new income, right? It may not be as comfortable, right? right. You know what I mean? Like I had nothing, and all the kids that I went to school with had nothing, so we were all pretty even and equal, right, right? But what happens if you if you have all this and you're, and then you go to a school with kids that don't have it enough? How is that going to feel? Right. So I thought maybe that might not be so good. And then you have a, a name, then it's like, is that going to cause problems and strife? Right. Now we live in the brownstone because I. Need separation to be able to write. Oh, I can't be on the same floor because right. I can't write. So she made that concession, living in a brownstone, Would she rather live in a, an apartment.
4: We tried living in an apartment for a few years, but John was so miserable that it just wasn't worth it. At yeah, and
3: there's too much stimuli, and I can't. Yeah. I need to be with my thoughts.
4: I mean, look, I married an actor who was his life. It was no surprise to me. I knew him for years before we got married. I knew that he was gonna be traveling a lot and that there was no clear schedule and it's
3: not easy. Yeah. We're like circus folk, you know I mean? It's like, I've been an actor for so long that I, I didn't understand the sacrifices she was making because I was so used to being uprooted all the time. I had no control over geography or time or destiny that you just surrender to it. Did you, you, think you to got show? work. But that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean it was. That's hard on a on a marriage. It's hard on raising. Did you take your it. kids with you? Sometime? We tried at first. Yeah, but it was really difficult to travel.
4: Until they were five, we took yeah. them, and then we stopped, mm-hmm. and then I stopped.
3: Right. We
4: we stopped going.
3: Was that hard on your marriage? Yeah, but you know we tried to keep a two week maximum. That was a thing.
4: I don't remember any sort of that. Yeah,
3: yeah. but that was that was that yeah. was yeah. That, we, made that. I
4: mean, we tried. But, um, right. you know, there were months we didn't see each other for months at a time. I mean, it just, uh, was it hard on the marriage? I mean, I guess at
2: times, you know, marriage isn't easy. So with all that traveling, went, there must have been some jealousy, right? A little bit of jealousy. I was very jealous of Phil, you know, right now.
4: When when <laughs> he traveled?
2: or yeah. yeah. And he's away. And there's, when women love famous people. Mm-hmm. Or men love famous people. And, you know, there's something... Alluring about a person who's talented. Very much. Oh, and
4: famous. Yeah, absolutely. Talented,
2: famous, good looking, funny. Hey. Yeah,
3: Yeah. no, I think the jealousy is the other way around,
2: right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I am not a jealous person. I don't have it, it's not not, in me. uh,
3: But I'm a jealous person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you left for a long time, that must have been hard. Yeah, that bothers me. Yeah, you know, and like,
2: yeah, so yeah,
3: no, I I had issues.
2: (laughs) So, So tell us, what did you do?
3: Well, we talk about it. We talk, we, we were pretty articulate, it wasn't like fighting, it was no, just no. more like, you know, voicing that, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this, I'm uncomfortable with that, that bothers me. Uh-huh. And she's incredibly understanding about that.
2: So like male friends and stuff like that.
3: Right, That's Phil. exactly.
2: Because I lived in Hollywood and Phil lived in Chicago when we first met, and our first couple of years of marriage, we traveled, and he would read in the paper that I'd gone out to dinner with, with like Chuck Grodin, who was right, like, right. like an old, yeah. old friend. And he'd say, I went to dinner with Chuck Roden. I'd say, he's like this old friend of mine. He directed me in two things. I co-starred with him in a movie. You know, he said, "Yeah, but it, you know, feel a little uncomfortable." Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Right, you know, right. Just yeah, the exactly. two of you. I'd yeah, say, yeah. Well, okay. Did you stop? Yeah.
4: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I
2: because stopped. It's not worth it. But I would watch him on television. And all these women would look at him like he was a big ice cream cone. (laughs) (laughs) I think, oh, God. Are they going to come up to him afterward and tickle his fancy? What's going to happen here?
4: None of that matters because I know that his ultimate commitment is to me and my children and
2: our life together. How do you fight and how do you come back? Because if you don't know how to come back,
3: that's usually how marriage is. I believe you shouldn't say things you can't take back. And I try. She's not as so as good. She's not as good as with that I part can, of it. I
4: mean, I'm more mean.
3: She'll say anything. <laughs> I can be enraged, but not say things that you can't take back, or do things that I can't take back.
4: It's very rare that he really loses control. When I say rare, I mean less than five times in the whole time I've known him.
2: When you are.
4: Um, less, I have less of that skill, maybe. I mean, I don't get mad like that very often, but uh, maybe tend to lose control of my emotions
2: more than John does. And then how do you come back? Who comes back? John?
3: Before it used to be me all the time. It was always me, like, come on, let's try to make up. Let's not go to bed mad. Let's try to fix this up. We just let it out and we're fine now. Let's just go back to talking. Let's Uh talk it out. And I don't have
4: as much problem apologizing, I think, as no, I don't. used to. I'll just, I'm much easier to say I'm sorry. I think getting rid of that kind of pride is so important. You
3: yeah, know? pride Where, is, a, is a poison. Yeah, it
4: doesn't yeah. help anything.
2: Wait, who was it that said to us? Oh, Rob Reiner said, whoever said that love means ever having to say you're sorry has never been in love.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. He said, if, you, if you don't me. say I'm sorry, you ain't in love. You really, right. I yeah, because you've got you to make amends. I know. And you gotta offend. M- and you got to take accountability. If you don't have somebody who's accountable, I mean, who, what kind of relationship are you in? That's <laughs> right. Right.
2: So when, when do you think, either one of you can answer this, that you first trusted, knew, knew that this was a person you could trust? You know, with, mm. not just sexually, mm. but with your head, you know, with your <clears throat> heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, to give you an example... When Phil and I were going together, uh, we met in January, and this was August. Mm-hmm. And so this was his big vacation, his two-week vacation. Mm-hmm. Right, in August. right. While we're in Italy, I get a phone call from Elaine May, who, you know, is my, yeah. my good friend. And we had worked on a screen, screenplay together. And she said, um, Mike Nichols' movie has just, gone, has just gone kaput, and he's looking for a new project. You've got to come back right away, because I, we have a chance to get Mike to direct this. I said, "Oh God, Elena,
3: this, like this
2: guy's only got two weeks. This is it." I said, "If I if, if I come back now, I'm done with this guy." Yeah. You know. And I we were pretty crazy about each other. It was a really hot time in Italy, yeah. the two of us. I thought, "Oh Jesus!" And so I go back to the room, and uh, I explain the whole thing. He says, "Well, it has to be this week. What is it? It's a funeral?" I said, "No, it's no, but it's just you know he's going to decide now." He looked at me like I was the most disposable human being he'd ever known in his life, and I, and I said, "Look, I don't know your business, but, and I know this is a really great time we're having. But is there anybody, if you got a call to do an interview with, that you would leave?" And he just thought a moment. He said, "Jimmy Carter." And when Who was he
0: was president at the time,
2: right, right, right. When he said that. I thought, I can trust this guy. This guy is not going to bullshit me. Right, right. And say, no, there's no one. There's no way I would leave you. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was willing to think and say, yeah, okay, there's one Jimmy Carter. And I, 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 I think I feel deeply in love with him. That he would not, you know, sexually con me. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Anyway, I didn't go. We didn't get Mike anyway.
3: I didn't leave. And Good for you. Yeah. yeah. I, I think those are those are important big moments. life moments in yeah. life when you go. This person I'm with is more important than my career. Right. You have to make that decision right. and show it. Sometimes that's
2: what I could trust. That that's a, I don't know of a safer thing than that. Yeah, that's so a
3: that's, big one. Mine is a small one though. But have even a small one. Small one are- is that we we had a, a date early on. And. It was at the Angelica, because when the Angelica was everything, you know, like all the hipsters, everybody was cool, was going to Angelica to see the latest right, indie yeah. film. And you were late. And I flipped out over lateness, really, I, it sets me off. Because I was um, pathologically early. Yeah. So I was there for like 45 minutes too early. And then she comes late. So I was really upset. and And she was so upset she started crying and I was like oh my god you don't remember any of this oh my god we were standing in the corner and I was very upset trying to not be upset because it was very early on and but she was okay with me being this hot-headed right about a stupid little thing but then she she cried and yeah and I was like oh my god she cares about (coughs) my feelings and she doesn't she's not saying you're an asshole you're an idiot you're a moron right what the hell is wrong with you? Are you crazy? Right. I'm only like 20 minutes late or whatever it was. Right. And I, I don't know. And and we spent a lot of time talking about it and we didn't go to the movie and we just spent a lot of time just talking about and she was trying to calm me down and I just, I don't know, I felt really heard, really respected and I don't know, I just, yeah, it made, made me fall in love with her even more and she's never disappointed that way. She's always been like that. Yeah. I think the first moment for me was we started,
4: I think I... We had started dating in August, and it was, like, very yes. soon. We had been together about a month, and Thanksgiving was coming up, and we were starting to think about Thanksgiving. And John said to me, let's get all our families and all have Thanksgiving together. But we'd only been together a month, and I thought, wow, this is really serious. Like, he wants my entire family? And they did. And so we had all the families together. We had, like, 50 people. And oh, wow. It was – and I – so, yes, I trusted him at that point. I thought, well, he's really serious about this. I,
3: I think it's this one beautiful thing about Justine. She tries. Whatever the situation or the problem is, she's willing to put the effort and just try. And that's... It doesn't have to succeed at, at whatever the uh, the challenge is, but she's willing to try for me. Mm-hmm. And that makes me fall in love with her every single time. That's nice. What about that is you? About I think...
4: Yeah. Um, Seeing a bigger picture than just what's happening today, you know, whatever sort of annoying small things are <laughs> happening on a daily basis. Right. Just remembering, you know, we have a bigger life that we've created together and we have a past and we have a future. And Marriage goes in cycles and there's good times and bad times and if you just hang on, you'll get to the next cycle. Mm-hmm.
3: Just- yeah, I mean, you you got to know somehow that this is the person you want to spend the rest of your days with. I know that Justine and I could have a great life forever, forever.
0: So there you have it, our lively conversation with John and Justine Leguizamo. Until next time, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Marlo Thomas.
3: And I think that, that makes us work on it, it makes me work on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's fun too, that's what keeps it exciting.
2: Double Date is a production of Pushkin Industries. The show was created by us and produced by Sarah Lilly. Michael Bahari is associate producer. Musical adaptations of It Had to Be You by Stellwagen Symphonette.
0: Marlo and I are executive producers, along with
2: Mia Lobel and Lital Molad from Pushkin. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Malcolm Gladwell, Heather Fain, John Schnars, Carly Migliori, Eric Sandler, Emily Rostek, Jason Gambrell, Paul Williams, and Bruce Kluger.
0: If you like our show, please remember to share, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.